0: Rachel
1: McElroy. Hey, what's up? This is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show we talk about things are good, things we like, things we're into. Uh Uh-huh. The the, only the best for you, the cream of the crop. And you're hearing this from the past um, as we jet set across the globe on our way to- Slash country. Slash country, which is part of the globe. As we make our way to our new home of Washington, D.C., The Room. Where it happens, and we're so happy that you have chosen to be here with us right now on this uh, on this special day.
0: I'm just see the room where it happens. Was it New York at the time?
1: Uh, I was speaking sort of more, uh, just sort of like um, figurative. I didn't know if we were like
0: going direct Hamilton. Like, I verse. guess it was
1: in New York then. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you're right. Uh, the joke was bad, and I should <laughs> feel bad. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's what the takeaway is. This is, is going to be a tough one, I think. This is listen, this is uh, let's let's really put the tiger on the table and yell at it. Rachel and I have been embroiled in a I would call it full-blown... It's not a battle, because it's not two-sided, right? No. Uh, we have been we have been just very, very... Uh, under siege. Under siege from a contractor who will remain nameless in the Austin, yeah. in the greater Austin area.
0: In the heating and cooling and plumbing and everything that can ruin your life. Department. Uh, uh, yes. Uh,
1: who, in the last two and a half weeks, has broken our air conditioning... Uh, gone two weeks without repairing it, uh, during which time there was complete radio silence, and then came in and installed a whole new system we had to pay for yesterday. yesterday, And then today the ceiling is leaking because they didn't put it in right, and now they're giving us the runaround again. It It is a level of rage that I'm unaccustomed to. Yeah. Obviously, I feel the same sort of like... Latent background rage that every uh i think sort of like online person feels all the time, <laughs> but this is very concentrated and it's very focused, and it's also um it's it's very toothless there's like nothing we can, there's nothing we can do yeah. aside from leaving what I can only imagine will be a full blown chemical warfare <laughs> carpet bomb yelp review. <laughs> That will be my magnum opus.
0: You know, back in the day, my parents used to write letters to the Better Business Bureau. I don't know if that's still on the table, but that is the thing that I would be willing to
1: and do. I, and its I'm uncomfortable being that way because it's antithetical to the type of person I am and the type of vibe that I try to adhere to. Yeah. but. This fucking Yelp review
0: is going
1: to. <laughs> I am going to get a fucking like Peabody Award or something <laughs> for this Yelp review. They will publish. They will publish it. They, a, a review in the New York Times. It will get a hundred percent good score, and the, it, they'll write things like the rage of a generation. I is-
0: really like because of the level we are of stress we are experiencing currently, given all the things that are happening for us that are monumental. Uh, it is an unfortunate time for somebody to come at us because <laughs> we we have like a very short amount of patience. Uh, well, uh, when uh, it started leaking today, I had that feeling that the people in the medieval times had where I just wanted to go burn their office to the ground.
1: <laughs> which we would never <laughs> which do. Which we would
0: never do. But it's,
1: we're stressed enough as it is <laughs> without having goddamn Marmaduke come into <laughs> our house and just like kick a big bucket of paint fucking ever. Like we're trying to do some shit here. Stop breaking our yeah. shit, please. I have I'm heard that this happens you. when you decide
0: to sell a house. Like inevitably something will happen right before you like are ready to put it on the market. Yeah. But I just I don't know. I was kind of hopeful
1: that it wouldn't be, you know, yeah. this. We it's it obviously it's is it's whatever. It's small a small deal in the grand scheme of things, but it is. Uh, it, I, there was a point a couple of weeks ago when we started dealing with this, where we were like, "Hey, I just went over the top," and you were like, "Yeah, I also just went over." This AC <laughs> thing has just pushed us just past that precipice yeah. of of stress. So uh, all
0: that to say, we're we're fighting to keep when, it positive. When Griffin and I entered the studio, um, there were concerns, I think, but I am excited uh, to get started. Mm. And get in the positive space.
1: Do you want to try, like, just as sort of an amuse-bouche, do you want to give me a small wonder? Yeah, I think we should do that. Okay.
0: Uh, I will say that uh, as part of my farewell tour of Austin last night, I got to go see Brandi Carlisle at Austin City Limits. Fun. Which was so great. It's such a nice, like, bookend. Like I, You and I have been lucky enough to see a few shows there. Yeah. And I have been to a handful of tapings at this point. Uh And so it just felt like a real nice way to say, like, hey, thanks, Austin. There's a lot about this town that's good. uh, And I get to do one of those things. And that was great.
1: I'm going to say a cold shower after hot work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever intentionally taken a cold shower.
1: I think this, honest to God, I think it has been being without air conditioning. It gets sweltering hot in our uh, bathroom. Uh, because yeah. it's like not ventilated at all, and so the sun shines in there through these big windows and just like turns it into a convection oven. Yeah. Uh, and so like we've been <laughs> yeah. working nonstop to get everything packed up and doing a bunch of like stuff outside. Today I hauled everything up from like our backyard into the into the garage and was just like the sweatiest Freddy ever. Yeah. But I hopped in that shower, turned it turned it right down to cold. Just for like 90 seconds, just like a pretty short shower, just a little scrub and go. And it was exhilarating. What?
0: No, I just, I like, I like, I like that you had that solution for yourself
1: of pouring cold water on my body?
0: Well, and and kind of, you know, getting your head back in the game after some tough work.
1: Oh, I mean, it wasn't from like, I know some people do it to get unhorny, I guess. That's never made (laughs) sense. sense to me that's not what i was suggesting oh okay i
0: was saying you were doing some difficult physical labor and i think yeah. a lot of people will be like well that's it for the day and you're like "No, what cold shower right back at it
1: yeah except the it that i'm getting right back to is being <laughs> grumpy uh on on a telephone with a contractor and then sitting down and talking about good stuff with you yeah. my, my beautiful wife yeah do you want to do your thing I do, and I wanna kinda of take
0: you on my journey.
1: Okay, you towards just, this topic. You keep you keep quietly clapping with every word, and I, I'm excited where it's going.
0: Because typically what I would do is I would reveal my topic. Yes. And then I would go on to talk about it.
1: How what other option is there?
0: <laughs> Instead, I wanna kind of take you on the journey and then have you help me decide what my topic is.
1: <laughs> Great. <laughs>
0: Because what happened was I started out with one topic, and then at the end I got excited about the other topic I discovered during my research. So let's just start out. This is
1: fucking fun <laughs> already.
0: <laughs> Minute one, I'm gonna say I wanted to look up the story behind ba 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 ba. I'm loving it.
1: The McDonald's. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, I think about how this is a this is a real thread kind of through the McElroy comedy. Yeah. I have noticed. It is not uncommon to listen to a McElroy product and hear somebody reference this song. And I will say, also, I have listened to a lot of other comedy podcasts and everybody does this. <laughs>
1: it's a funny way to say you like something. Yes,
0: yes the very nature of like say the, saying that you love something just kind of, I feel like, motivates.
1: Why say I love the thing? Like, I watched uh, Triple R last night. Why would I say I loved it versus I'm ba loving it?
0: Exactly.
1: It's way more fun to do the it's latter. It's
0: fun. And it's difficult because it's not like I love that song as a piece of art, but I just like, there's something very satisfying about it. So yeah. I wanted to kind of find the story about it. Do you know anything about it?
1: The bada ba 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 loving it? Yeah. Of course not.
0: You, so you like, like if I asked you who sang it first? Prince. <laughs> okay. Prince? We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> uh, so this is like, this is the longest lasting campaign that started in 2003 and you will still see this today in commercials on occasion. Like I feel like is, you don't get as
1: much of the ba da ba 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 like uh, uh, acapella it, performance. It, it'll just say,
0: I'm loving it at the yeah. end. Yeah.
1: Or it'll just play like a little jingle, like boom 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 with like a piano or something. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. Okay. So before that, the longest running ad campaigns 1967 to 1971 was McDonald's is your kind of place, <laughs> which I, just, I like as a slogan. It's just like, you would like to eat here.
1: Theory. I don't know that I've ever walked into any establishment and been like, this is my kind of place. <laughs> my kind of place. Uh,
0: 1984 to 1988 was, it's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. Okay. Which, you know, okay.
1: No, it sucks. It's awful. (laughs) Both of those are uh, so terrible. So
0: 2003, I think think early 2000s when like there really was a lot of mounting concern about fast food. Hmm. And so a lot of fast food entities were trying to figure out like how to get people back. And so McDonald's held a competition between 14 international ad agencies. And the, the firm that ended up winning was this tiny... A firm located in a Munich suburb in Germany. Uh, and the idea was Ich liebe es, which translates to I love it. And they were like, sounds great. Thanks, Germany.
1: Did the, but hold on. Did the firm, <laughs> did they also come up with the ba 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 Or just the wo- literally the words I love it? Because that's not even it, guys.
0: It was kind of, so it was a combination of things. So what ended up happening after I love it, so, Mona Davis, uh, as a like a, a music entity, like helped deliver that that five, five note thing or whatever. Okay. It is. I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, once that was all packaged up, that was when they brought in Justin Timberlake.
1: Wait, really? Yeah. He did the original ba bah I'm loving it. Yeah, that.
0: not only did he do that, this is what was kind of genius about it, and this is not unusual for Justin Timberlake if you think about his uh properties. Uh I'm loving it was a full Timberlake song uh that was developed and released in advance of the campaign.
1: Th- th- this was a transmedia. An entertainment event is what you're telling me. So MTV News in
0: August 2003 reported that "I'm Loving It" uh, was um, leaked to the radio and internet, <laughs> and so he's going to release it this fall. He partnered with the uh, Neptunes, which was a duo of Pharrell and Chad Hugo, uh, to produce the track, and they developed a music video. Uh, and then a three-song "I'm Loving It" EP was released
1: in 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 partnership with McDonald's, or
0: no? So this it was Paul part of the strategy. Like, I mean, the the start of it was McDonald's, and the motivation was McDonald's. Yes. Uh, when it was released, though, it was explicitly released as a Justin Timberlake property. So Steve Stout, who is a music industry veteran market executive who introduced mcdonald's to timberlake described it as quote reverse engineering where you would boost the credibility of a brand's message by first putting it in a pop culture form that isn't connected in any way to a brand and then uh and then promote it before the campaign and then start Promoting the marketing slogan So there's like Momentum with it And it feels like uh, Oh they got that Hip new song In their commercial But they
1: fed Timberlake That like Five note Like Ostinato Yes That's fucking
0: There's a whole music video you can find it online. It's like him running around chasing this woman through New York, and like, well,
1: that's that's fucking menacing. It's kind of menacing
0: because it shows her like getting in and out of public transportation, and him like racing to catch up with her. And every time she gets out of a subway car, he's like there, (laughs) like, hey, it's me. Aren't you enticed? Yeah, cut that out, Timbo. Uh, So um, this was huge. Timberlake got an estimated six million uh from mcdonald's
1: if it, it just paid in like like hamburgers or <laughs> just, you think
0: just the dollar menu just. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> did pharrell get his cut of tasty burgers or
0: this is what's interesting and so this has started leading me down a different path Uh oh so there's a pitchfork article that came out about the controversy which is, you know, I told you about, like, the German company and mm-hmm. the German music house and yes. Timberlake and all this. So Pusha T came out, who was part of a rap duo at the time with his brother, and said he was involved. That he put together the ba da ba I'm loving it. That, like, those notes and that whole initial concept, that he was involved in it. Okay. So everybody associated with McDonald's kind of, denied that said no no no, it's this it's this german agency but steve stout that same marketing executive that i told you about earlier gave an interview in 2016 and he said quote that's crazy that Pusha T wrote the song to mcdonald's i'm loving it so he kind of like fed this fire and everybody was kind of like wait who is it okay so part of what lends credibility to this is that Timberlake's album Justified Mm -hmm. was produced by the Neptunes and uh, the Neptunes also produced the debut album from Clips, which was a duo comprising Pusha T and Malice, which was his brother. So there's this kind of connection of like all these people are kind of working with the same people. And this idea that the Neptunes were involved with Timberlake and Pusha T kind of at the exact same time, there's this kind of suggestion. So Pusha T has given interviews since then saying that he just got like a lump sum payout of like $500,000 and that was it. And, but nobody will, nobody on McDonald's side will validate those claims. So the reason all this became interesting, especially to me is that very recently, as of 2022, there is an Arby's commercial. Oh, God. Called Spicy Fish Dis. <laughs> 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 it has Pusha T taking aim at McDonald's filet fish
1: Fantastic. It's all full circle.
0: And so there are lyrics in there basically suggesting that he created the I'm loving It song, but now he's coming out to do this thing on behalf of mcdonald's so i wanted to share this short clip with you oh please
1: i'm the reason the whole world love it now i gotta crush it for fishes and you should be disgusted How dare you sell us square fish Asking us to trust it A half slice of cheese Mickey D's on a budget Arby's crispy fish is simply it With lines round the corner We might need a guest list Eggs is stage left The sandwiches taste fresh A little cube of fish from a clown is basic Say less This argument is baseless Drowned in tartar That Filet-O-Fish is tasteless See Arby's only deals in the greatness I bet the house on it like it's Vegas Look I could sell water to a whale How could you ever think I'd fail? Yeah. yeah The crispy fish sandwich blazing trails The mother clown's just too frail yeah. yeah If you know me and you know me well Our fish is gonna tip that scale That is an official? This is a paid advertisement Brought to you by the unrivaled The unparalleled Arby's Well,
0: OK, that's that's the one I wanted to play. I, I I guess there's multiple versions of this out there.
1: That is this is a wild, 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 wild romp that you've taken. In today. Uh-huh. Is there more to the romp?
0: No, that's 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 what I wanted to kind of highlight.
1: Uh, I understand why you had trouble sort of putting it into words.
0: Yeah, right. So like. That became more interesting to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say to summarize. Initially,
0: the like the Justin Timberlake, which en- actually ended up going on to be performed by Destiny's Child. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> so, two thousand three, Timberlake does it. Apparently, he told GQ in an interview that he regrets doing that deal. And then a year later, Destiny's Child. Took
1: I over. regret my six million dollars <laughs> I got for the hamburger song. Shush, shush, JT
0: so yeah so then all of a sudden when i discovered this controversy and then discovered
1: <laughs> push a tease the arby's diss, diss track yeah. which
0: like then made me think like should i call this wonderful thing the fish sandwich wars
1: no god don't do not I felt start like that that's not no, that's, that's not, not what it is that's this not is not a celebration a of music uh <laughs> at the end of the day is what it is hey can i steal you away yes
0: to get 50%
1: off. Got a couple plum bobs here for you and I would love to read the first one if I may because it is for future Micah and maybe Grace and it's from past Micah who says, howdy future Micah and maybe Grace. It's past Micah here to haunt you. Happy birthday. Hope being 26 is going okay and that paying for health insurance is sufficiently offset by finally seeing MCR. Grace, if you're listening and even if not, I love you and can't wait to be married to the most wonderful woman in the world. Remember, fear is the mind killer. That's a really romantic deployment of the Dune thing. Did you remember that's from? We watched Dune together, yes. No. Oh. No,
0: I was trying to figure out what MCR is.
1: Oh, well, what did you land on before I tell you the correct answer?
0: The Marvel Cinematic Reboot.
1: Yes. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> reboot—they're doing Spider-Man again. Um, do you want the next one? Oh, it's My Chemical Romance.
0: Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> See,
1: I know about that stuff because I'm kind of a You're kind of a cool kind guy. of a scene
0: <laughs> uh, This next message is for Alyssa Ben. Anyone that can relate, it is from Alyssa.
1: Fuck yes. I like this. What a I nice, too. What a
0: generous way to use your Jumbotron. So kind. It's like anyone that can relate. Breakups hurt and are not so wonderful, but listening to Rachel and Griffin has inspired me to look for love like theirs. I hope anyone that hears this Jumbo Bubbly is blessed with love success like theirs and forever sending love to my kitties, Harold, Maggie, and Coco. Y'all are the best.
1: That is phenomenal. Sorry to hear about the breakup, but you do deserve so much better. So much better. It's true. I like a blessing in a jumbotron. Yeah. That's sort of, I think that's going to be the hot thing for the rest of 2022. (laughs) It's just a sort of like, hi, listeners. This isn't for any particular person, but today you will have extraordinary luck and... If a stranger asks for help, give it to him, because it might just form a soul connection. Wow. Yeah.
0: I want to more talk about the fact that, uh, do you ever feel like we fooled everybody when they comment on our love? Like, maybe, like, if they really knew us. Oh, if they really <laughs> knew how we did, uh-huh. when the
1: cameras aren't rolling, uh-huh. and the and the, the shit gets so real, y'all. Uh-huh. The other day...
0: There's a lot of, no, you.
1: A lot of, no, you do it. <laughs> It's <laughs> dude.
0: Uh-huh. Um what happened the other day?
1: Oh, well, you know the the meatballs. Uh-huh. You remember what happened? Yeah. With the meatballs?
0: I made them in the microwave for our little son and he ate them real fast.
1: No, the big meatballs that I oh. made for both of us and oh. you let one roll.
0: And I said this is too spicy. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then I I cried for about 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I can't even joke about our love not being real. It hurts my heart to even do a make pretend of it. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely. And uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag.
0: That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about Uh, this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, and... Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Hi, it's me. Dave Hill from before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great to- That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new
1: episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. This episode's starting to feel a little bit like a mental floss article, but I'm okay with that uh, because I want to talk about the- Uh, The Theremin, and this is sort of a spiritual sequel to my vocoder segment that I did like two episodes ago. I prepped this and was like, why does this sound kind of familiar? And it's because I also did a very sort of uh, uh, kitschy synth uh, very, very recently.
0: Yeah, I thought we had talked about a theremin too. We've
1: not talked about the theremin, and I'm glad we haven't because there's a lot of... Buck wild shit in the story of the theremin.
0: I believe that. I believe that because the concept and the execution of it, like all of it is so unreal.
1: Yeah. Uh, buckle up. So the theremin is, if you don't know, it's, and you probably do, it's an electronic instrument. You play it without touching It's sort of the big, uh, the, the headline. Um, it's an instrument that you play when you need something to sound like uh, scary or a spaceship basically it's it's a very that's,
0: that's a very succinct description if you
1: need a musical instrument that evokes it's a ghost or it's a spaceship the theremin is where you go for that and i appreciate the sort of specificity there uh you control a theremin with two inputs uh that that you control by holding your hands in proximity to two antennae uh one of the antenna it controls the pitch where the closer you get to the antenna the higher the pitch of the note gets and then there is a volume antenna that uh, the further your hand gets away from it the louder the note gets which is like almost a sort of reverse polarity I think of the other one which is there's a lot of reasons why the theremin is kind of difficult to play. I forget I, who said the quote, but it was, uh, there was a quote about why the theremin is difficult to play, and it's that you not only play the notes, you have to play the rests. Because you can't just drop your hand, because then it yeah. just plays the notes. So you have to, like, you're always moving. You are always articulating by sort of, like, vi- like shaking your hand to get, like, vibrato yeah. effect. And, and um, it's a very difficult instrument to master. Uh, also, I feel like all of those kind of, like, Instruments that, uh, you know how a guitar has a fret, uh, like frets on and a piano has keys. I feel like once you get into like trombone, violin territory where it's like not. There's not like little things that you can touch to show you what notes you're playing. Like it gets harder, and theremin doesn't have anything for you to touch while playing it. So that's 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 you know challenging, and I appreciate that. I also appreciate that it's just instantly recognizable when you hear a theremin in a song. Like there's no confusion of like what it is that you are hearing. Uh, and and I also do love that it is a very genre instrument. Like you don't hear it in in a lot of pop songs. Uh, but if, you know, you're listening to a horror or sci-fi movie soundtrack, you're way more likely to hear it on, on, on that. Uh, the history of the instrument is what I really want to dial into because I think it's more in- interesting than the instrument itself. Um, the theremin evolved from, uh, Soviet experimentation with proximity sensors, like for military purposes. Um, there was this, uh, electrician and inventor, uh, I don't know why I said the word that way. This inventor. Uh, named Lev Sergeyevich Termin. Uh, And he is the first person who adapted the uh, proximity sensor technology into a musical instrument all the way back in 1919. Uh, so the theremin is much older than I think a lot of people uh, appreciate. So he took this weird musical instrument and he toured Europe with it, just kind of like on a, like, almost like a technological showcase. He went around showing it to people and, People were kind of blown away because it was it made music and you didn't touch it. That's, you know, in the in the the roaring 20s, a pretty wild concept. I
0: think it's still kind of a wild. concept (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: And and so like people were really fascinated by it. And then he moved to the U.S. in 1928, where he was able to patent the invention. Uh, The name. Well, he changed his name around that time to Leon Theremin. So Lev Sergeyevich Terman became Leon Theremin, and that is where the name of the instrument comes uh, from. okay. It's his name. Uh, so he sold the like commercial production rights to RCA, and they went into production on it, but they started selling it during like the stock market crash of 1928. So it didn't really set the world on fire, but it still had this like very niche place in the hearts of like touring musical performers. And so despite the fact that, like, It didn't become an instrument that a lot of people owned. It was an instrument that a lot of people were like built a career around touring and performing with, uh, which is super unique. Uh, And uh, after World War II, it pretty much fell completely out of fashion as a musical instrument too. Um, But it wasn't completely forgotten because in the 50s, it went from being this like Uh, musical fascination for musical performers and became more of a technological fascination for, like... Electronics enthusiasts. And whenever you have that crossroads of like electronics enthusiasts and music enthusiasts, is Robert Moog, who did indeed sort of get dirty with theremin's yeah. as, as well. Uh, he actually credits like the things that he learned by building his own theremin's with like the work that he would then go on to pioneer with music synthesizers. Um, he actually started selling uh, build your own theremin kits to consumers to sort of like really. Uh, capitalize on the, like, electronics nerd aspect of it, where it wasn't yeah. just like, here's the in- instrument, go play it. Here's a, it was, here's a big box of parts. Now build the theremin out of it, which is still, like, kind of part of the yeah. the theremin allure today. Like, you can buy one at a guitar center, right, and, and get it out of the box, but there's a lot of companies that just, like, sell you a box of theremin parts, and then it's up wow. to you to kind of, like, con- construct it. And that's like, inarguably pretty rad. Um, it is still, you know, obviously a very niche thing, uh, but it has been featured prominently in a lot of soundtracks, like, all the way back to, like, the 60s. Uh, the original soundtrack for... The the original, The Day the Earth Stood Still, was lousy with Theremin's. Uh, first Man, the the frickin'... Uh, oh, shit. I can't remember anything about... It was about the First Man on the Moon, and it had drive in it the man from drive (laughs) you know the first band of the movie had drive in it um most recently loki the disney plus uh show that came out had theremin all over it and that soundtrack for that show is like so good um and that's all well and good leon theremin's story from when he licensed the rights to RCA uh and and then on into the future is even more wild so in 1938 he returned to the Soviet Union under mysterious circumstances And the reason for his return is like debated. There were reports that he had been essentially kidnapped by Soviet agents and, you know, repatriated uh, back to the Soviet Union. Uh, He would later go on to say that he had just run into significant financial issues in the United States that he was sort of eager to evade. Um, But he was imprisoned when he returned to the Soviet Union and he was put to work in like a secret gulag lab. On like radio technology. Uh, Specifically he was working on. Creating espionage. Like listening devices. And he made maybe the most famous listening device uh in in history which is called the thing have you ever heard of this no i hadn't either it is a like large wood carved version of the great seal of the united states with the eagle holding the arrows and all that yeah. jazz uh and in 1945 uh soviet school children delivered this the thing, this, this wood carved seal to the Soviet U.S. ambassador. And it hung in his office in plain sight for seven years during like the origins of the Cold War, just like recording and transmitting everything.
0: That is wild. You know, it's like something we were watching the Americans for a while Yeah, that I was just like, kind of like, oh, this is a clever device for a television show. But like that was that was real life and, and, that was and, happening and, and honestly
1: like there's a lot about how like bugs and stuff were portrayed in that show yeah. that like kind of is is true i feel like because yeah. it the the thing was discovered by accident there was just some like british radio officer who yeah. was like dialing into some frequency and was getting these this this signal from this bug uh and so they found it after like a sweep of all of the ambassador offices uh, which I imagine then kickstarted like whole new echelons of paranoia. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the guy who invented the theremin, the weird instrument that you don't touch, also invented the like most infamous like espionage device, maybe That's in the history of of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool too. Anyway, this whole thing has been cool stuff. Thanks for listening to cool stories. <laughs> <laughs> Wild stories about music stuff.
0: This is kind of like an episode that like starts out about one thing and becomes another thing. Yeah. It's like a, like a uh, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, like a metamorphosis, let's say. Yeah,
1: like a, tra- a transfiguration. There you go. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for a theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. MaximumFun.org is where you can go to check out just all kinds of great programming there's lots of other stuff. macroymerchcom has got all our merch. Uh, Bit.ly slash Macroy Tours for our upcoming shows. Uh, we got some in Detroit and Cincinnati and D.C. and maybe a couple other places. Um, But that's it. No episode next week as we complete our eastward migration, um, (laughs) hopefully.
0: Have you thought about all the time zones that we're going to cross in the next few weeks?
1: It's going to be pretty fucked up.
0: It's going to be brutal, I think.
1: It's not going to be. But uh, in some ways, that sort of like muscle confusion might be (laughs) a good way for us to adjust back. uh, Well, for me, back to... Eastern you're time, home. my home time of Eastern time.
0: I've never lived outside of Central Time. This oh, is gonna, you're gonna be gonna wild. It's gonna be wild for me. all these East Coast people, they stay up so late. We stay up
1: so late and we move fast, baby. <laughs> all this tex- all these texts I've been living with for these past this past decade. It's just been like, come on guys, hurry up. I'm on Eastern time over here. <laughs> yeah. I'm,
0: I'm Eastern time. Hey. Hey, okay. <laughs> we oh.